You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Big news first out of the Biden administration, namely Joe Biden himself has been caught red-handed in a document scandal. In many ways, it's an absurd uh, situation we're in uh, because Biden has, it's been confirmed, but he's admitted or finally confessed that he had so-called classified information in various locations from his days as vice president, or that's what he says. Now, they found out about this back in November November, the beginning of November, a week before the election, and we only found out about it this week. And I'm convinced we found out about it this week because they figured out that the new House Republicans were to come in and figure out something was up. Now, of course, the absurdity of this is that uh, they're going after Donald Trump for similar behavior. This is the this is what you have to remember. You got to take a step back. I just want to highlight the absurdity of this. 10, 12 years ago, Judicial Watch found out that Bill Clinton had tapes he kept after he left office, and the tapes recorded him talking to foreign leaders and members of Congress. We thought that was quintessential presidential activity, that, uh, the, and the recordations would be the type of records the archives, National Archives should have. So we asked them to get them, we got the proverbial hand to the face, we sued in federal court and the National Archives, the Justice Department, and a federal court judge says, too bad. The president has uh, almost unreviewable authority to designate records as personal or uh, presidential. And the Justice Department went so far as to say, oh, if he has records after he leaves office, they're presumptively personal. So whether they, were whether they had initially been classified or not, it didn't matter because under the presidential records, he could designate any record as personal. And all presidential records, uh, you know, the presidential record classification subsumes um, any classified records. So classified records are uh, part of presidential records necessarily. So when they changed their mind and changed their position and ignored the precedent and ignored the plain law and the Constitution to target Trump over records he had after he left office, uh, we blew the whistle. And of course, they didn't stop the Justice Department because they were out to get Trump. But in blowing the whistle, you may recall here on, on, on the weekly update and elsewhere, my highlighting the fact that every president has records like this, or lightly has records like this that are either classified or otherwise presidential under this new theory of the law. And so they threw out the rule book to get Trump, but I guess they didn't care what the consequences would be. And the irony is the consequences are that Joe Biden has been caught up in this state in this same specious interpretation of the law. Now, of course, they're not applying my interpretation of the law. They're pretending all of these are crimes. So what we have here is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, according to his own Justice Department and own National Archives, is being implicated in a crime. And as I said, they covered this up, they pretended to investigate it for two months, and then Garland, in finally being forced to appoint a special counsel to look into uh, what Biden did here, admitted that the, the uh, U.S. attorney he initially appointed to look at this uh, has found uh, some issues that would require further investigation. So what a, what a mess the corrupt Biden administration and the corrupt Justice Department have made about this, right? And, you know, 
a lot of this we're you know some of this we're we're expected just to presume is true like these were records from the white house they were biden's records uh that um they were accidentally left in places or you know we don't know any of that to be true I mean, the first batch they admitted was found um, down the street. I'm pointing back here. Where is it? It's literally a, 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 like four or five blocks away. It's a, it's a building at the bottom of Capitol Hill. It's a well-known spot. It's a, it's a good restaurant in there and, um, you know, lots of offices and such. And the Chinese-funded uh, Penn Center, right? Is that what it's called? He, Biden had some hideaway office in there. And his lawyer found the classified record supposedly in November because they were moving. And you know, I've been doing this work at Judicial Watch for a long time. We've worked with a lot of law firms and I don't recall a, a thinking we could use law firms to move records and to move offices, to engage in office moving. Usually, you know, they're, you pay a lawyer to move, there's something up there, that's my point. And then they admit, oh, we have records in his home. Two places, one in his library and one in his garage. So what does that tell me? First of all, how did the records get there? Three different locations. And I mean records being the classified version of them. Uh, because that's where, you know, supposedly the legal issue is big, is big, you know, and I would assert if he wanted to, Biden could make the point, these are not classified because in taking them, they became declassified. That all being said, but how did it get there? And when you have records in three different locations like this, it suggests that they were being used. Now, do you think Biden used them? I don't. But it does, it is consistent with someone else using them. And who do you think in the Biden team would be using records like this, including records purportedly about Ukraine? Who do you think? Well, his, uh, his first name is Hunter and his last name is Biden. So I'm suspicious that these records aren't even necessarily White House records taken by Joe Biden. They could be records taken by someone else around him and improperly used and stored somewhere else if the Justice Department theory of the case is to be believed. But still, there was this cover-up. There's been no raid, no grand jury, only because of intense pressure over the last few days that they get forced into appointing a special counsel. I mean, uh, Garland came out, was it in late November, and said, oh, you know, we need a special counsel for, for uh, Trump. And he knew at the time Biden had done the same thing. So Garland's Justice Department is irredeemable. So Garland is running the Justice Department incompetently, to put it charitably, and just out outrageously, corruptly, uh, you know, if one is being blunt. And uh, if I were Republicans, forget about impeaching, we got to get someone out, someone new as attorney general. That's what I would be thinking about. And of course, this whole, this whole absurd attack on Trump, it was foreseeable it would bring in, if the law was being even modestly applied in a fair manner, other former presidents and other former vice presidents. Heck, every president since the classification system was developed by the federal government. So you're going back, I don't know, to Truman, maybe Eisenhower, under the modern classification systems. Do, they, do those families have classified records and presidential records 
under the new theory of law, Carter, Reagan, George H.W., George W., Obama. Don't get me started on Obama. I think his records have been sketchily handled uh, since the get-go. And of course, all their vice presidents, including Vice President Biden. Now, some say Biden doesn't have the right to do what Obama, uh, what what uh, Trump does, did in terms of declassification, or has that type of authority. I think uh, now, when you think about the president's right to declassify records, uh, he's the president, he's commander in chief. The classification authority essentially originates with him and his constitutional uh, position as uh, chief executive and commander in chief. Now, under the president, now some. some some records can be uh, declassified just separately under, um, uh, as a result of presidential orders uh, by the vice president, but really specific and uh, kind of a narrow subset of records. Uh, but as I said earlier, uh, the Presidential Records Act allows the president to declassify records, presuming that he designates records as personal. If the records are classified, he designates them personal. There's no second guessing them. And that, uh, that rule applies to, vice president, um, to the vice president. So the vice president has the same powers under the federal statute as the president does in terms of designating records as personal and presumably any presidential records that he designates as personal that are also classified become personal. So it's not like either Trump or Biden did anything wrong. And, you know, forgive me, I'd like to see Biden, you know, be prosecuted if he did something wrong. But in this case, there's this, been this absurd, uh, absurd uh, interpretation of the law, an abusive and twisted interpretation of the law to get Trump. And the, uh, the gang in the Justice Department didn't care about the consequences. And now the consequences are Biden is facing a criminal investigation. Now, if Biden was, you know, had uh, had a spine or understood the law, he recognized that he'd been had by the Justice Department. This is a charitable interpretation and say, well, this is this is obvious craziness. And he'd say Tom Fitton's right. Right. <laughs> These records are uh, presumptively personal. And let's stop harassing presidents and former vice presidents, including me. And I'm shutting this down because I'm the president and I can. Now, but, you know, it's probably too late for that, right? It's probably too late for that. Uh, but uh, at this stage, the way the Justice Department is going, uh, they won't be able to target Trump without targeting Biden. What, are they going to be co-defendants? Is that, is that going to be the way it works out? It, it just highlights the absurdity. Maybe we can bring in Bill. They can go get those sock drawer records now back that he's been hiding for years. Who knows what Obama has? Frankly, if I were a former president or former vice president, I'd be calling my lawyer. We don't know what's going on here. What records do I have here? Do, you know, we thought we were following the rules or, you know, these were the rules. Now they've upended them to go after Trump. Are we, are we liable too? But, you know, this is, this is life. And this, is, this shows you that the Justice Department is just so corruptly incompetent, it endangers the nation's security. It's destabilizing the government. Because if the President of the United States is going to be under investigation for his criminal conduct, assuming the Justice Department can even do that constitutionally, but it's another matter, there better be good reason for it. 
And there's really no good reason to be uh, targeting anyone over these records issues. But, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the grifter. And now Joe Biden is going to have his, uh, his Corvette reviewed, maybe. Maybe they're going to take fingerprints off his Corvette to see who was at access to the garage. You know, given the way the Justice Department's been treating Trump, why not? And they appointed a special counsel who supposedly was a Republican or Trump appointed a U.S. attorney in Maryland. Turns out he's a friend of Rod Rosenstein, who was notoriously um, abusive and um, uh, uh, of Trump when he was in the Justice Department. They were trying to suppress the release of information about the corruption at the FBI and DOJ. This new special counsel was. So, you know, it's not going to necessarily mitigate the issue by having a special counsel, although now each, both Trump and Biden, both candidates for president, presumably, have their own special counsels. And this is Washington. And I keep on saying, if they'd listened to us, or, you know, more importantly, they had followed prior Justice Department and archives policy. And, and uh, you know, as, descri as described, I think, accurately by the courts, uh, none of this would be a problem. But they were trying to destroy Trump. Now, what's going to happen? I think if they can get away with it, they're going to exonerate Biden and keep on going after Trump. I think that's the more likely, the most likely result. But it was going to be difficult, more difficult politically. And it would be a shame if they were shut down because of politics as opposed to the rule of law being vindicated. But we'll see what happens. I guess if you're facing a criminal prosecution, any way that, you sh any way that it's shut down, as long as you're free from abusive prosecution, you're going to be happy with. But what a nightmare. And so what Judicial Watch is doing is we're investigating. We already have a comprehensive investigation and litigation project uh, uh, looking into the targeting of Trump on these records issues. And uh, I mean, for instance, we just sued uh, at the end of November, not that long ago, uh, DHS for communications between the Secret Service, the Department of Homeland Security, for communications between the Secret Service and the FBI on the search warrant and the raid on Trump's Florida home. So what's the secret there, right? Why can't we get these records? And it shows you there's this massive cover-up. It's one of, I think, of at least a half a dozen lawsuits. So you can be sure we're going to file a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, well, a request, uh, and then probably a lawsuit of re like this. Give us records about communications between you know, lawyers for Biden, who supposedly were doing these searches, and the Secret Service, and things like that. And communications between the archives and Biden and other former presidents and vice presidents. Were they as upset about them potentially having records as they were in terms of harassing Trump? So we've expanded our investigation to include the Biden garage document scandal and the other stashes. And of course, there's another scandal here, which is the UPenn scandal side of it, which is, as those of you who have been following this issue closely over the last two years, now has been heavily funded by the Chinese government. 
And then, of course, there are other issues as it relates to the handling of classified information that Congress doesn't want you to know about because too often they get classified records sometimes. And the question is, do they keep records uh, that are either classified or information that is classified from those records, meaning they take notes and other things that become classified in virtue of their transcription? And so why is that important? Because someone like Joe Biden, who was a senator forever and a day, has all of his records hidden from the American people up in the University of Delaware as a result of a secret agreement to keep them away from the American people until he's free and clear of uh, politics. And Judicial Watch and the Daily Caller News Foundation has been suing to get access to those records and those secret deals to keep these records secret. And we've had, uh, it's kind of like a back and forth. We win, we lose at the lower court, we go to the appeals court, the appeals court kicks it back, and the lower court doesn't want to do it again, and you know now we're back up to the appeals court. And what's going on is the University of Delaware is desperate to avoid uh, uh, having to disclose details as to whether there were taxpayer dollars involved in this secret dealing or the management of the records. And the court at least the Supreme Court of Delaware has made it clear they want that type of information and the lower court doesn't really seem interested in getting it. And so uh, we're back at the Supreme Court again asking for limited discovery to depose a uh, University of Delaware representative over Biden's Senate papers. What are the papers he's hiding there? I mean, why is there so, you know, Biden can stop all this with a drop of a hat. He can say, just give him access. I mean, I've been out of, he's been out of the Senate for what, 10 years now? At least 10 years. Why not provide access to the records? And specifically, we've, you know, now we're fighting, uh, the University of Delaware doesn't even want to tell us directly whether government dollars were used to maintain these records. Because if, they, if we find out, or the court finds out they were used to maintain the records, that triggers the FOIA applicability there in the state. As we say about the lower opinion, lower court opinion, uh, the opinion should be reversed. The supplemental affidavit, which is the affidavit filed by the University of Delaware officials to try to stave off further judicial watch and court questioning, is nothing more than a document filled with state hearsay and vague assertions without proof, which at best show that the university did not engage in, in a diligent effort as required by law to review our requests. You know, and we've asked to vet the assertions directly, and they don't want to let us question anyone. I mean, essentially what they've gone around is, is they've gone around and started asking people were government, document, government dollars used, and people say no. But they provided no records about how the money's spent. I mean, does that make any sense to you? It doesn't to us, and I don't think it will to the courts. University of Delaware has been sitting on Biden's Senate records for more than 10 years and is desperate to avoid any scrutiny of its secret deal with Biden to hide these records. The latest revelations about Biden's handling of classified records are, raise even more questions about what Biden is hiding up there in Delaware. So are there, are there secret records up there or classified records? I don't know. Maybe there should be a raid. You know, one other thing that popped out uh, recently is the, and this was just two weeks ago, and I have a feeling this story was leaked purposely given uh, the ongoing um, and secret, then secret investigation of uh, the garage files, the Biden's garage files, or his secret files generally. 
Uh, the FBI didn't want to go after Trump, so they've leaked to the Washington Post. Initially, they didn't think there was a basis to harass him about the records, and they opposed a raid. And the raid was um, successfully pushed for by a Trump, excuse me, a Biden administration political appointee in the Justice Department. So this raid wasn't conducted or or uh, the result of, uh, you know, the recommendations of politically neutral civil servants. The career civil servants were all supposed to uh, fall down and worship whenever uh, that phrase is used. Uh, these were political hacks put, placed there by Joe Biden. And uh, they uh, forced the FBI over their objections, if the Washington Post is to be believed, to raid Trump. Now, don't you think that story's leak is very interesting in light of, you know, we didn't know this at the time the story was published, but that they were protecting Biden? So the FBI, someone in the FBI saw this is going to blow up in our faces. Let's step away from it. Because it's going to come out, Biden's being protected, and we're going to look like the goon squad, as if we already don't. There is terrible corruption in our agencies, our law enforcement agencies, and they've been misused and abused to achieve political results by putting people on the dock, by prosecuting them and harassing them. And that's so dangerous to a a Republican form of government. Putin-esque. So what's going to happen with the Biden documents? I don't know. There are now two special counsels looking at two presidents' handling of records after they leave office. And, uh, you know, if, if they were competent, they'd say the law doesn't require us to pursue any of this. Let's all go home and call it a day. So Trump should get all the darn records back and Biden should get all the darn records back. Another big issue that happened since I've been away is the uh, release of the so-called Twitter files by Elon Musk. Now, the Biden administration and the left has been furious with Musk and have been has been have been retaliating against him and threatening him and abusing him because he has committed to more free speech on Twitter. Is it been perfect to date? No, but it's a lot better. And he's been committed and has uh uh, actually followed through on transparency about Twitter's previous improper censorship of American citizens. Uh, not only the internal improprieties, but their collusion with the government in a way that raises all sorts of legal and constitutional concerns. Now, for instance, uh, you know, to take a step back, you may know or should recall, I would hope, that Judicial Watch sued the California Secretary of State's office for going to Twitter during just shortly before the election and getting a Judicial Watch video taken down, like one of these videos that I, it was a video I made for Judicial Watch t- talking about the issues related to election integrity. And they caused YouTube to take the video down. So we sued the California Secretary of State's office for violating our civil rights. The Ku Klux Klan Act is a law that allows you to sue 
uh, government actors and private actors who collude and conspire with them uh, for uh, violations of your civil rights. And in this case, it was it's the First Amendment. So when you look at these Twitter files that Elon Musk released, you'll see there was an unholy conspiracy between the FBI, the CIA, Justice Department, DHS, State Department, NSA. I got the CIA covered already, right? Um, and HHS, because that was the COVID censorship. And they were pushing Twitter and uh, to censor Americans on issues like uh, the issues that Judicial Watch talks about. COVID, uh, around the election time, they were clearly pressuring Twitter to take down material that was uh, deemed, uh, quote, misinformation, even though it was a debatable point about election integrity and other issues. So you had voluminous evidence, as uh, Elon Musk later remarked, of election interference by Twitter in league with these uh, government agencies, which continues to this day. Twitter, for instance, has been exposed, had a portal. And in this port, there was a portal for government agencies to uh, communicate with Twitter in order to get accounts taken down. And these accounts were taken down by the thousands. You also had Congress pushing to get people uh, censored. Uh, these Twitter files have shown, and we're talking about left-wing members of Congress. Uh, Adam Schiff, the corrupt and compromised and unethical and disreputable Adam Schiff, tried to get uh, Paul Sperry taken down, the investigative reporter who exposed his uh, impeachment abuse and conspiracy, uh, which was of a seditious nature, I would submit, a coup attack on President Trump over Ukraine, working with um uh, folks, it looks like in the CIA and uh, a deep state actor in the NSC and a uh, a shift a guy who uh, may have colluded in a way that compromised classified information contrary to law. Schiff wanted not only Paul Sperry's material taken down, but he wanted Twitter to stop them from uh, stop people from being able to even search for this type of information. And Twitter, to its credit, said, you know, we don't do this. But of course, Sperry eventually was taken down. Uh, so there are a lot of people potentially who have claims against these government agencies and or Twitter. And what's really uh, disturbing about all of this, and I can't go into all of the Twitter files here uh, because I think there have been 10 breaks, uh, 10 drops. Um, uh, they're all available in one place. Matt Taibbi is a reporter who's been looking at this material uh, for Elon Musk, um, and he's, he gained access to this material. And he uh, compiled it all in one place. And I think we'll put the link uh, below. So you should be able to find the link below. And if you can't, send us an email. We'll get you the link. Uh but it, it is astonishing and disturbing because I know it's still going on. Like, for instance, Judicial Watch shows up in the Twitter files. I talk about a, uh, there was, a, a, I think, a, um, a tweet about uh, mail-in ballots and the problems with mail-in balloting, which are well known. And they suppressed it with a... Uh, that made you, it made it difficult to share or even reply, if not banning replies. And that, and that is still going on. That, that censorship is still going on, uh, whatever the algorithm is or that had uh, created that uh, suppression is still happening at, at, at Twitter. So Musk has some more work to do. Uh, but the emails show that the uh, internal Twitter folks had utter contempt 
uh, and they said, you know, Judicial Watch was complaining and whining about us being censored. I mean, we're the nation's largest and most effective transparency organization, a major government watchdog group that is worldwide, uh, known worldwide, and they're making fun of us because we're complaining about being censored just days before an election. Shows you the contempt they had for the rule of law. And, and frankly, the, uh, uh, just basic business ethics. And the other concern is that we know, as described in these Twitter files, is that Twitter was, is just small potatoes, relatively speaking, to what Facebook and, Facebook and YouTube are doing. And YouTube is owned by Google. Facebook is owned by Meta. Meta owns Facebook and Instagram. So these are major, major platforms. And there's no, you know, they haven't done a Facebook files release. They haven't done a YouTube files release. And I know that this video is going to be suppressed and censored on Facebook and YouTube because I mentioned two word, two phrases, COVID and 2020 elections. YouTube has been like, um, if I mention anything about elections, they now vandalize our video with a link to Wikipedia, a left-wing rag, to tell you the facts on the 2020 election. Well, the facts on the 2020 election are you had major interference by these agencies. And the irony, of course, is that they were nominally controlled by Trump. And it was all a lie in the sense of being controlled by Trump because you had these deep state actors. And frankly, you had Trump appointees who got scared. They got scared about all the noise about the Russians and about them trying to influence the elections online. And they said, we're not going to let that happen again. And so they were going to pretend that any criticism of Biden was about the Russians. And they were going to. And of course, Twitter was scared off by the F, was, was scared by the FBI too, because when these companies are dealing with these deep state agencies, they're dealing with their judge, jury, and executioner at the same time. They were also getting pressure from Congress as well. Senator uh, Warner from Virginia abused his office to try to get Twitter to censor Americans. These guys should be part of any criminal and civil investigation. And it's continuing. Biden's is embracing this. They, he remember he called in the heads of the big tech companies to the White House uh, last year, encouraging them to commit censorship. So there's going to be more coming out. Again, Judicial Watch is a victim. You are a victim because even if you're not directly censored or shadow banned or targeted. Information that you want is otherwise kept from you illegally. And who knows how maybe you are a victim. Based on these Twitter files, the FBI was investigating. Other agencies were investigating people's tweets. They're reading your tweets. I, you know, and, and the smart Alex say, well, of course, they're public. They can. Re no, they can't. They can't investigate you, even your public comments as a law enforcement agency without good cause. And good cause isn't complaining about the way elections are run or complaining about vaccines or saying I don't like masks.
That shouldn't generate a government investigation of you. At least not in America. There's another news story this week. Again, we're told that they're on the verge of making decisions about Hunter Biden, whether they're going to be prosecuting Hunter Biden. It's, it's, it's like some sort of bureaucratic hamlet to be or not to be in terms of prosecuting Hunter Biden. I mean, who are they kidding? I mean, is it a complicated tax case if indeed that's the low rent case they want to pursue? Is it a complicated gun form case if that's indeed the low rent case they want to pursue? Come on. The real complication of prosecuting Hunter is they really can't do it in a serious way without implicating Joe Biden. No conspiracy claim against Hunter? You know, we're told it's all going to be focused on taxes and, and this gun form issue. No conspiracy? No Foreign Agent Registration Act? The gravest sin in American history, we were told, when the uh, Obama administration and the deep state started uh, to criminally enforce it, practically speaking, for the first time in history? Money laundering? Was by you know the evidence is Biden is up to his neck in Hunter's business dealings as a beneficiary and a partner. So surprise, surprise, the Biden Justice Department wants to investigate whether Hunter paid all of his taxes. Spare us. So once again, Judicial Watch is doing a more comprehensive investigation, it looks like, into the corruption around Hunter Biden than the Justice Department. Of course, the corruption continues. You know, we had told you this uh, about this lawsuit, or at least I think I had, uh, where we sued the Secret Service for their alleged intervention in a Hunter Biden's gun scandal. So his girlfriend threw a gun into a dumpster and they had to retrieve it and they went to the gun store. Allegedly, the Secret Service showed up to basically vacuum up the records. That's the allegation, right? Let me read the political report. I mean, I'm describing it in a fun way, but for the record, this is what Politico described it as. The Blaze reported in October 2018, Hunter Biden's handgun was taken by Haley Biden, the widow of then presidential nominee Joe Biden's son, Beau. So remember, Hunter supposedly was having a, a, a fling with his brother's widow. And, uh, and then in 2021, Politico reported that Haley took Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later to find it gone. Delaware police began investigating, concerned that the trash can was across from a high school and that the missing gun could be used as a crime, according to law enforcement officials and a copy of the police report obtained by Politico. So Politico went up and got the police report. Surprising, some journalism from the left media. But a curious thing happened at the time. The Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter brought, bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has first-hand knowledge of the episode and the other was briefed by a Secret Service agent after the fact. Well, what was that? What was going on there? I don't think Hunter was, in 2021, protected by the Secret Service. 
My understanding is he had given up Secret Service protection in the middle of Biden's second term, or the Obama administration's second term. And I don't even think he probably would have gotten it even if um, the vice president was getting it at the time. I don't know if the children still get it after they leave office. Maybe they do. But either way, the job of the Secret Service is to provide protection, right? It's not to go and hunt down gun records, obviously, here to help Hunter avoid scandal. And so they've been sketchy about whether such records exist. And so this is where Judicial Watch has asked for the records. They gave us the, um, the runaround. We sued in federal court. Again, this is our law enforcement agency refusing to abide by federal law. I think that's a big deal. Do you think it's a big deal? I think it's a big deal. And they gave us, uh, I think, three different answers about whether they have records. Let me see. I'm going to be specific here. The Secret Service initially responded to Judicial Watch's FOIA request on April 2nd, 2021, and stated that it had located potentially responsive records and would process them in accordance with FOIA. Then, on October 13th, 2022, the Secret Service said that the April 2021 response was sent in error and that it did not have any records responsive to the FOIA request. So the first two answers were, oh, we have records, and of course they didn't give us any. And then they said, well, you know, we had um, sent you some, uh, that letter we sent you that said we have records, we actually don't. But then on November 10th, 2022, so this is just two months ago, the Secret Service informed the district court, so we're in court at this point, that it has run supplemental searches and lo and behold, has found 100 records totaling over 400 pages potentially responsive to our request. Now, supposedly they're going to complete its initial processing of all potentially responsive requests by January 9th. It's past January 9th. I haven't heard anything, but it doesn't mean something hasn't been sent and hasn't percolated to me yet. And send records out for any necessary consultations. Oh, well, there you go. I should have kept reading. So when they say they need to send the records out for necessary consultations, that means they need to delay the response to the records, requests that we have. So as we note in the release, the Secret Service's changing story on records raises additional questions about its role in the Hunter Biden gun incident. One thing is clear, though. Judicial Watch's persistence means the public may get records that the Secret Service had suggested didn't exist. So if we hadn't said, give us the records and we don't believe your response is, we're, uh, we're going to go to federal court. And that's what we did. And lo and behold, oh, they have records. So what do you draw? What conclusions do you draw from this? We caught them in a cover-up. To protect Joe and to protect Hunter Biden, not from the threats of security that they're supposed to, but the threats of political scandal. And that's not what the Secret Service is supposed to do. Biden, I see, is going down to the border. I don't know what he's going to be doing other than to oversee the results of the invasion. He's aided and abetted in a way that, to me, ought to make impeachment for that a priority. And Judicial Watch has exposed the, uh, the criminal enterprise, aided and abetted, as I noted by our government, in dramatic ways, including new records that show that just one Biden plane, 
Biden administration plane, dropped off kids, illegal alien children, in three different cities. Basically, these were secretive overnight flights we had to sue to get information about. The administration of children, for children and families, the division of HHS, produced, it was only 16 pages of records in response, again, to a lawsuit. I talked about this lawsuit not that long ago. I mean, if the only way, I shouldn't say the only way, the only way we can be assured of getting records, especially if we're not hearing from them, is to sue. So we sued to get the records, which is really outrageous, right? I mean, remember, every time we sue under FOIA, it means the agency involved is violating the law. It's not, a, it's not even an allegation. It's a fact because they've got like deadlines to meet. If you don't meet the deadline, you're in violation of the law. And usually we don't even, you know, we give them time after the deadline because so, sometimes we just can't. We've got thousands of FOIA requests. So we don't always sue exactly when they're due. You know, sometimes we wait. Sometimes we try to negotiate to try to get the records. But usually it's uncovered. You know, just the fact that we have thousands that are pending and been unanswered, that's a scandal. That's just corruption there. It's evidence of government misconduct and unlawful behavior. One flight uh, traveling from San Diego stopped at Oklahoma City, Chattanooga, and Newark airports. They were operating a Boeing 737 with 147, 48 seats. And they had buses waiting at each of the places. So that's your government at work, aiding and abetting and essentially affecting child trafficking. So when you have millions of immigrants, illegal aliens, being trafficked, because they're all trafficked, so it's the largest human trafficking operation in the history of the world. Some of them are adults. When you're talking millions, obviously a good portion of them are going to be children. And I think it's at least 250,000 over the last year or two. I don't know if it's for one year or two years, but it's in, in the tens and hundreds of thousands, uh, no matter what, being trafficked with no effective not only is it not being stopped by the Biden administration, but essentially the kids are being handled, treated like packages now, and they're being dropped off by the Biden administration in the different cities. And I don't know about you, but I want that abuse of children to stop, whether they be... You know, we obviously want our citizens protected, but the idea that our government would be involved in this international trafficking operation of children in such a way, you know, again, people ought to go to jail for this. You know, I kind of say that half jokingly, knowing that they'll never go to jail for it. But in the least, someone needs to be fired or impeached in the least. And it, and, and it ought to be stopped. It's a crisis. These kids are in crisis. So I encourage you to go, you know, you can find all of this stuff on Judicial Watch's website. I don't have time to go through them all in great detail, but it's astonishing material. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.